Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to be looking at the Nintendo 64 soundtrack to Kirby 64. This is going to be a really good laid-back time. Kirby music is so delightful, and this is a really delightful and high-quality score. This is a score that hasn't gotten a lot of representation and love on this podcast when it comes to Kirby music. Uh, we feature a lot of the SNES stuff. We, each, we even feature some more of the modern releases. But we have not yet spotlighted on Kirby 64, so we're excited to have this long-overdue spotlight today. Yeah, I can't wait. We've often praised the music of this series for being highly consistent and sort of um, also for any fans of Kirby music uh, it's such a treat that um, you have really a small handful of composers that have worked on almost all the games in the series and a very clear um, musical style. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I can't think of another series quite like that. And we we did play one piece of music quite recently on a Favorites with Friends episode that we're going to also be playing today from Kirby 64. And one thing that we talked about on that episode a few weeks back was how jumping from the 16-bit era to this N64 game, this was one of the smoothest transitions that any series ever saw. And that's so true. One of the things we're going to get into today with the spotlight is Juni Shikawa and Hirokazu Ando literally used some of the same samples that were used in Kirby's Dreamland 3 for the SNES. So not only compositionally is it so similar, you're literally hearing some of the exact same sounds here with a little bit better fidelity. Well, and it's also not the first time that that's happened because the right. early Kirby games on the Game Boy and the NES yes. um, had such a clear style, but oftentimes in the Super Nintendo soundtracks, they would actually sample like square waves, that square so wave true. synthesizers and some of those um, eight bit tones actually carried over into the 16 bit era. So it's uh, I really the, the Kirby series has, I think some of the most consistent music from beginning yeah. to end. And, and I really love this score. It, it represented a really good time in uh, the Kirby series because it was just a couple years after Dreamland three. And so there's definitely some, some music that has a similar style. If you're a fan of Dreamland three, there's going to be some hits on the score for sure, but right. also they weren't afraid to try some new things out to stretch out a little bit and go in some surprising directions. And some of those directions would be something that would be continued in the series, even to the most recent entry. And so this was definitely um, kind of a pivotal game for the series. Again, this came out in uh, 2000 for the N64, developed, of course, by HAL Laboratories and composed by Ishikawa and Ando. What you guys heard playing in was Your Quest Revealed, followed by the File Select from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. Well, what do you say, Will? Should we just get into the great music here? Let's do it. Okay, the next thing we're going to play is one of the early pieces you hear in the game. This is training. Um, what I love about music like this, kind of a tutorial stage, I imagine, um, it's going to set you up with what the game is about and what the vibe is about. Um, what's that track from Yoshi's Island? Uh, that is it called Training Ground? I think it... Something yeah, like that. Introduction there's, or yeah, training or something. There's a lot of kind of, especially Nintendo pieces of music in these training areas. I love um, that and track, they, though. They do such a good job of setting up the vibe of the game. And so that definitely happens in this track. Let's take a listen to Training from Kirby 64. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Training, which is incredibly happy and bubbly and bouncy. <laughs> this is composed by Jun Ishikawa and Hirokazu Ando from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. And Will just could not believe how much this sounds like Super Nintendo. It's so similar. A couple of those instruments, you can kind of tell that we have a little bit better fidelity here, especially that kind of accordion sound. But yes, it's the exact same drum samples that um, Ishikawa used in Dreamland 3. It's the same bass samples. Um, There will be some more change and some more variety as we explore the score. But yeah, I think that was such a great choice because when you start up this game, you immediately feel like you're at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so amazing what what a sense of idiom this series has. It's like Mm -hmm. it has its own genre. I mean, this sort of like fast-paced, uh, old kind school. Kind of polka. <laughs> it's yeah. almost then, like polka yeah, music. Tuba, bass, but then almost always like a pan flute melody that's, yep. like, that's sort of the instrument choice, but it, it sounds more like a recorder um, in terms of, like, style. But, yeah. I, I, you know, th- oh, you know so something cool. I love about the Kirby music, the Kirby series, is that Yes, this is the first style that people think of, and it's definitely something you hear in, like, the stage one theme um, and any more of, like, the bubbly kind of overworld areas. But there's also a style that I think about in the Kirby series that's more of that kind of jazz, fusion-y, exploratory kind of music, which we're also going to get a lot in the score. the, The other interesting thing, there's that kind of pipe fluty sound for all the fast which I think is meant to almost evoke, like, an old... I don't know, theater or vaudeville kind of organ. Because mm-hmm. um, right. obviously something like that couldn't be played by by real flutes, but you kind of, <laughs> that's like an actual, that kind of thing using an old organ. Um, so the, the Kirby music's very eclectic because I agree with you, Carl, where mm-hmm. it's like the, the general mood and style has this very specific, almost old fashioned, um, cartoony type of pastiche but then mm-hmm. also there there is this like almost jazz fusion there's this sense funkiness of to it and sometimes it happens in one piece of music where it has right. this very sunshiny kind of bouncy quality like this track will have but it might have a really funky bass line for example well and even the rhythms of the melody you know that mm-hmm. that kind of like dun, 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 it's more modern happen in the music that it's sending up God, it's so delightful. You just cannot not have a smile on your face, and we're definitely already having a blast with this episode. Let's move on to the first stage theme. This is Pop Star from Kirby 64. We played this not too long ago, but it's so delightful. We'll check it out again. Pop Star from Kirby 64.
so Kirby. This is classic. You guys are listening to Popstar from Kirby 64 by either Ishikawa or Ando. This is everything I love about Kirby music. It's kind of what I was talking about, where it's very bubbly and it has that same vibe of training. But there's a couple moments here and there when they inject a little bit of that kind of surprising jazz, jazz fusion energy into it. And it's just unmistakably Kirby. I love this piece. Even that moment where it goes, does the flat six, flat seven, one Oh, that's thing. so classic. But yeah, yeah, there's such a clear sense of style for Kirby. These almost kind of, I don't know, Western classical march-like rhythms for mm. the melody. That kind of But incorporating some different tone. harmony than you would ever hear in that original music. Yeah, and very specific instrument choices. and like, I, Yeah, I, there's not a single series of video games that I think has as consistent um, uh, musical style throughout the entirety of the series as Kirby because it's yeah. not even just about the the general mood of the music or the kinds of instruments that are used but it's every single element of it every from the sounds mm-hmm. to the types of melodies to the harmonic choices to the kind of uh, rhythmic groove to the form to the structure and then even motivic ideas that come back like where it feels right. like that's almost a reference to that um that really great uh, i forget what it's called the uh gourmet race i think it's called sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. run the, kirby that run. race th- theme run kirby run the sort of b section of that um there's always so much kind of motivic calling back in the kirby series whether it's in a b section that's alluding to the you know one of the original stage themes or the, there's so much of yeah. that um, even just man that's good yeah that's wow just so cool well i'm excited to move on to a nice change of pace this is a track i think will's really gonna like it actually reminded me of your music uh will when i listened to this one it's a really different one um not all of your music but sometimes you go for this vibe uh, when you're trying to convey something really colorful and kind of mysterious and atmospheric Ooh, um, okay. especially in the context of like a retro video game kind of a thing. And that's what happens with this one. At first, I wasn't too sure about it, but the more that it played, I started to really find it interesting. And I think you're going to like it. This is Quiet Forest from Kirby 64. So good. Kind of a Williams-y feel for some reason there. Almost like an E.T. Yeah, these sort of like non-diatonic descending major seventh Mm -hmm. chords. I I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, this is really pretty, really haunting, and kind of I hear what you're saying. It's on the verge of being kind of like almost strident. 
mm-hmm. harmonically, like these almost dissonances that are really striking. It's, it's really but good. This all is a of great surprising, change of pace. Yeah, all these surprising like harmonic resolutions. Um, it's really pretty, and the instrument mm-hmm. choices is very unique. This track kind of reminded me of something out of like a Chrono Trigger. Or yeah, even there's like a Zelda of time vibe to it. There's the when the woodwinds come in. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like Farron Woods from Twilight Princess. Like this track represents the first of today of a really nice change of pace and some new directions for the series. Right. Some directions that would be like I said continued even with the most modern Kirby game. There was definitely a lot that was established in Kirby sixty four. Um, that was so successful. And imagine going from Popstar to this. Uh, it's such a change of pace, but it also does represent and fit Kirby um, as well. Yeah, this is a really great piece of music. Like I said, it was a little bit more challenging. When I first listened to it, I wasn't too sure about it. And also another thing is that my favorite section doesn't come for about 48 seconds when it has those descending major seventh chords. That was really beautiful. So this is a piece that it's not the same style as something like Training or Popstar. Like a, a track like that in the first two seconds, you like love it. It's just so comforting where this is a little bit more challenging, but really, really good. I agree. Let's see what we got next. Um, we have something interesting here. We we have a little um, combination of two very short tracks. They're, they're little battle tracks. So there's a few pieces called Battle Among Friends. Um, the first one is Waddle D. The second one is Adeline. And we're going to combine those because they're incredibly short, very silly, but very fun. So let's take a listen to this mix of Battle Among Friends. <laughs> God, that's delightful. You guys are listening to Battle Among Friends, first uh, Waddle D, and then followed by Adeline. Yeah, both of these have a similar kind of progression. It's definitely that classic blues progression that we hear in a lot of silly video game music. It's, right. it's still such a trip for me to hear some of those same iconic Dreamland 3 samples uh, on the N64. Yeah, this piece is... Um, very, very silly, but I, I like it. Both of these tracks. It reminds me of the Bomberman series. Oh, I could see that. Just as how off the wall it is and a, a little bit of those bluesy touches you were calling out. Yeah. Um, also, some of that reminds me a little bit of the Donkey Kong Country games. Part of it is just hearing those um, SNES-like yeah. sounds that makes me think of those examples. Yeah, this is a very... Both of these uh, battle tracks are very chaotic. Um, there's actually a lot of short loop uh or just short length music in the score and there's some other great ones that we aren't able to include today and so i thought it was fun to have this mix of of a couple really good short tracks um there's actually some really nice kind of cues in the score it might be 20 seconds it might be 30 seconds it's just like a nice little cue it's in and it's out and um yeah it's really effective so i thought it was fun to explore that yeah this definitely is reminiscent of a lot of battle music in games i think a lot of times 
it's a little bit more zany. Even in the Mario series, sometimes uh, there's music like this, you know? Right. And there's like, there's something specific that composers at Nintendo seem to love to capture of like landing on devious sounding notes, but you know, that that kind of thing. Um, A way of using the blues that's kind of like mischievous and plucky. Yeah. Okay, well, now we're going to move on to the next stage theme that we have on today. We're playing most of the stage themes. uh, Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, This one is called Rockstar, which is another area. And, you know, you might expect if you haven't heard the score, you might expect this is going to be a rock track. And it it is and it isn't. Um, It it definitely has a rocking energy to it. But what I find really funny is instrumentation, uh, there was no interest in doing a rock piece. It's still the world of Kirby, right? And so you're still going to hear some of the elements that you would expect for Kirby music. So this is a delightful track. This is Rockstar. Interesting stuff. You guys listening to Rockstar, composed by Ishikawa and Ando from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, and a little bit more progressive than we probably would have heard in a stage theme uh, in the previous generation. Not what I was expecting the first time. I've, I've known this track for years, but I remember the first time listening to it. Um, it kind of took me aback a little bit. Uh, it's it's kind of different uh, and out there, but it's also really fun, and it, it does have that really charming quality that we look for in, in Kirby music. Will, what are your thoughts on this track, Rockstar? Yeah, it's an interesting yeah way of, of blending the rock genre with the Kirby genre. <laughs> you know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, uh, totally. Meeting in the middle. I think my favorite Kirby tracks are the ones that are just unabashedly, unapologetic. 100% Kirby, yeah. Yeah. Um, this track shares some commonalities with the Quiet Forest track in that there's like mm. um, almost like this intentionally uh, unexpected and dissonant kind of modal melody. Harmonically, it's very yeah. different from Kirby music, isn't it? Yeah. What did, what did you think about how they harmonically added some surprise to this track? Well, it uses Lydian, um, the Lydian mode, That's a way in to an do interesting it. way where um, it's not about sort of harmonic wistfulness and hope and dream. It's more about that kind of like striking raised surprise. note. It's yeah. about using that sharp four. Yeah, da 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 da. It's just like mm-hmm. kind of 
um, it's almost a little bit grating and it has a, a yeah. real brightness to it. Um, but it, not necessarily like a, a, a beauty and excitement and hope and wonder more of like right. a little bit in this context feels a little threatening or possibly a little almost like exotic. Well, Will, don't you think the way that they did that is because it's so fast and soloistic? Like, if you think of a typical use of Lydian, it's going to be more of a longer melody where it can really kind of sink in. There's so many different ways of, of using the modes. And when you look at examples from classical music, composers like Sibelius or Prokofiev that use um, uh, Lydian... Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times it is used in a more scalar way. I mean, one of my favorite yeah. examples, it probably wouldn't be considered Lydian, but in the Nutcracker, you might just think of that as like a, a, a little chromatic tone, a non-chord tone there, but it, yeah. the way it uses that sharp forward is definitely meant to characterize it in a certain almost like exotic way. That's awesome. All right, let's move on to a really good piece of music it's also very progressive and kind of going in some new directions for the series but this almost more than anything in the score something about the style of this track it was almost like they were adding a third or a fourth new style of kirby music that they would go back to in subsequent games and so this is classic kirby at this point it's the boss theme from kirby 64 and there was a recent kirby game i can't remember which one if it was robobot or another recent one when they took this and they made this one of the boss themes in that game. And so they did kind of a remix, a rearranging of this. Um, it's a really good boss track. Let's take a listen to this from Kirby 64. this track it's a perfect boss theme really because it it's very chaotic and fast especially those flute arpeggios they're so effective and what i think is really great about this track is the chord progression you know it's very wandering and it never really feels uh like it's reaching a point of comfort it's always moving and you never really know where it's gonna go um but it's not super annoying like there's a lot i mean it's it's a lot less annoying than honestly those battle among friends tracks where it's there's something cool about this and honestly i could listen and i do listen to this on its own and i enjoy this as a piece of music but i also think it's incredibly effective as a boss theme yeah i think some of the sort of jazzy infusiony chord changes are yeah. sort of um the the thing that you can credit to that feeling of what makes it sort of interesting to listen to the oh, way it's it so tasty one of my favorite moments is that bah, 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 bah. there's the little half step dissonance um mm-hmm. i think it 
it, it kind of it's the sound of like a major seventh chord when you have the seventh right against the tonic but I think it's actually a, a minor chord and for instance um, it would be like imagine you're in a C major but right. you have an E minor chord with the sixth the e on the it, F, but it's yeah. not a C sharp. It's an it's a C natural. So the rub of the B against the C, I it's think that, spicy. that's sort of like Very the sound. Spicy. I don't know what key this track is in, but that's the sound of that one. I really think that's yeah, cool. something about the the progression of this and maybe how fusiony and progressive it is. It was definitely carried on with with subsequent boss themes. I, I really do think that the sound of Kirby sixty four. Um, and a lot of that comes from the sound they had already established in the 8 and 16-bit era. But some of the new things that they tried and kind of added to their toolbox definitely would be held up in the series. And so I, I think it was just a really important score. That's a great boss theme. All right, guys, we're very excited to move on to this week's Track of the Week. This is the next stage theme in the game. It's my personal favorite stage theme. I think this is just a classic Kirby track. It makes me smile so much because it really reminds me of the style of Kirby's Dreamland 3. Like, you could put this in Kirby's Dreamland 3 and you would not notice it as being out of place at all. It's so classic. I love it. Let's take a listen to Aqua Star. Oh my god. It's textbook Kirby. Everything I love about it. There's so much that we could explore and dissect with this track. I mean, one of my favorite things about Kirby music, this track has it, it's a fairly simple idea to start with, but then it goes on this journey, and the very end of the form goes through this really tasty, jazzy sequence right. to finally lead you back to that, you know, five chord for the perfect cadence. And I don't know. It's just that combination of simplicity and complexity. But it's almost like it's like the five chord in a different key, or it's like right. the five chord in the key, but then the the chord progression doesn't start on the tonic. Yeah, exactly. It, it, what what I yeah I love about the Kirby music. It's this interesting meeting place of a lot of classical music harmony and Western classical rhythms, mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit of jazz harmony, and then a little bit of almost like what sounds like like 1920s kind of like novelty music or old cartoon stuff or vaudeville. Like th there's a little bit of all of that sprinkled into it. And something that makes Kirby some music fusion as well. unique, yeah, is there's an abundance of almost these surprising tonicizations and these surprising... Uh, 
a key changes or, or harmonic moves, but yet there's also this like classical functional harmony of you know where it's like well, not a, just, the way you land on a five chord or a cadence. Well, not just like classical functional harmony, but as far as the melody here, it's one of those yes, really exactly. strong iconic like dun, folk dun, dun, melodies. Dun, 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 and that's what dun, I love dun, about yeah. this track is is a perfect Kirby track because the melody is so strong and catchy. Right. And I have loved and known this melody for years. I honestly haven't gone back and listened to Aquastar for probably like four years three years maybe but as soon as it started up i was like yes this is a classic like i haven't heard it for a while but as soon as it started it's been with me for so long i love this melody i love the journey that it goes on it's just no other series has this kind of joy for me and ishikawa and ando just are such special composers yeah there's really a confidence to their writing and that confidence comes in the fact that so much of this music is written in such a clear style. There yeah. isn't that sense of almost insecurity of every track needs to be its own island and look at how diverse and versatile this is all is. Yeah. And a piece of music like this that's just so accessible and putting all of its best material really prominently featured. There's <laughs> There's not a lot of subtlety to Kirby music, but it's also just, it has such a, clearly crafted and constructed form melody harmony and it does use this kind of functional harmony even functional jazz harmony like there's a logic behind everything um and it just makes it very unique um because of how structured it is you know something interesting about kirby music is as the years go on the more i listen to it and the more time i spend listening to kirby music the more i love it and the more i feel attached to it and connected to it and i will say that and we've touched before on maybe how it compares to some of our other favorite nintendo music uh maybe from like a critical standpoint i one thing i will say is that I think Kirby music is the most entertaining video game music I could think of. It's so entertaining. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think some of these things are, you know, it's obviously hard to quantify. Yeah, at least for I me think it is. For me personally, I'm probably most entertained by music that's kind of doing that magical dance of balancing the expected with the unexpected. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. Kirby music, because it's in such a clear idiom, it definitely is closer to the like expected line. But I also think that's Mm -hmm. why these composers feel free to go on some of the harmonic adventures that they do because the style, the structure, the rhythms of the melodies are almost so predictable and expected within this form. Yeah. Um, where if you, that's not necessarily the case, you know, with every Nintendo series. Um, and so that's why I think in some ways Kirby is almost the most harmonically adventurous man. That is good. Well, let's move on to an absolutely classic Kirby melody that I believe was first introduced in Dreamland 3, and so they're hearkening back to it in this game. This is Mountain Stream.
so delightful. You guys are listening to Mountain Stream, which is an iconic Kirby series melody. This is originally uh, Grassland 1 from Kirby's Dreamland 3. God, I so adore this. Oh, it's the best. Some of the same instruments used in that game. Some new ones, a different arrangement uh, here. This is just one of the best melodies in the series. It's perfect. It's just so good. It, one of my favorite things about Kirby is the the, the economy of notes and something like this, mm-hmm. and what simple pure rhythms. It's elemental, and it's just it's yeah. it's something that just feels good to our human ears and our yeah. human souls, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I, I my favorite Kirby melodies are like that, and the same are like bum 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 bum. Yeah, it's like it it's so kind of inevitable. Trained, um, yeah, very inevitable, but also very, you can tell, well crafted. It's not to it's me. Not it doesn't easy feel to come bland. up with those yes. kinds of melodies. Um, yeah, they're almost the most impossible because if you go too simple, it just starts to sound like arpeggios and outlining triads. Um, and mm. if you get too complex and too noty, it loses that elemental childlike quality that something like this has. The other thing that's mm-hmm. so impressive to me about this melody is that it's so written within kind of again this pre-existing Kirby idiom of the original yeah, track the, it's, that, it's, it's the green greens it's like a green greens 2.0 yeah right so to come it's, up it's with so almost good. a more pure melody than the green greens melody mm-hmm. uh, is is really impressive rather than going the other way it's not a more complex tune it's almost even simpler than that one and the fact that this came afterwards I think um, makes it all the more impressive yeah, it's amazing. I mean, this game came out in 2000. Dreamland 3 was 98. You know, hearing it for a second time, it feels like, oh, was this is this the original Kirby theme? That's how good it is. Right. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. Okay, let's move on to another stage theme. This is Neo Star. And this is another interesting one when they really were going in some some new directions. I don't know if I would say experimental, but at least compared to the the traditional Kirby sound, definitely trying trying some new things out. Very zany. Very fun. Let's take a listen to Neostar. This is so good. You guys are listening to Neo Star, a nice new direction, a change of pace from Kirby 64. I'm really curious, Will, what does this remind you of when it comes to other video game music? There's some elements of this that are reminiscent to some other kind of video game music. I'm curious to see if you might agree with me. Yeah, what what are the elements? Some of the wandering um, and maybe how long they're staying on 
certain chords before they move on to another one. Kind of reminds me of like racing music, like maybe Mario Kart music. Sure. Um, maybe also with the zaniness of some of those rhythm section parts. Yeah, there's certain elements of it that made me think of Sonic. Um, hmm. And then there's certain elements, like almost those choral elements, made me think of the, the Metroid series. Interesting. Uh, oh, I could see that too. Yeah, it's a really interesting mix of a lot of different styles, isn't it? Right. Not what I expect for Kirby music. Definitely not, yeah. What were some things about this track that you enjoyed, and maybe what were some things that surprised you? I guess in context, I, I like that it's sort of a, a breath of fresh air. And it, again, it, like the pure elements of it, the melody is a kind of economy of notes melody. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, the overall presentation isn't super dazzling, and it doesn't it's a come little bit annoying that strong. But some of the instruments are are very kind of plucky and. Not the most pleasing tones. I don't think they were going for that. It's it's a zany. Yeah, I think track. this track could work a little bit better if it had almost like a kind of laid back, kind of like halftime swung type of groove. Um, the same chords and the same melodic idea, I think, could be presented mm-hmm. in a slightly more interesting way. But there's something about the ding 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 ding. It's very chaotic. Yeah, there's seems unnecessary. You know, Kirby 64 is so interesting and unique and it has a a lot of these tracks have a very chaotic energy that years ago when I first listened to it, it was a little bit off-putting, I will be honest. And this is one of those pieces that was well, for me. Well, it's almost like to me this track would be better if it was in the vibe of the That's interesting. Yeah. You know what, listening to it now though, I've really started to come around to a lot of this music. I really enjoy Neostar now. I think it's a really cool, unique piece of music. And the zaniness, there's something appealing and charming about it. And again, it's coming from these composers that I love. And so I think when they're doing zany, I can stomach it so much more than you I usually would. Um, yeah. But yeah, some of this music is, when I initially heard it, it wasn't something that I knew if I liked or not. And so a little bit more of a challenging Kirby score, in my opinion. But let's move on to another stage theme, I believe. I'm just assuming that anything that ends with stars, you know, different areas, <laughs> stages in the game. I have not played Kirby 64, word of warning. But let's move on to Shiver Star. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Shiver Star, which is a beautiful, delightful piece of music. Will was mentioning that this would be great for Christmas time. We're a little bit late um, on this spotlight here. Um, and yeah, you can kind of hear the sleigh bell on the left channel. It, it's just very comforting and does a really good job of conveying cold, but also warmth. You know, almost like it's cold, but you're snuggling up in a blanket or something. It's it's right. It's just a delightful track. Yeah, I really love the melody. I like the kind of, Me too. again, simple rhythms and a lot of it's restrained to pentatonic pitches. Um, yeah. There, there, there's a quality to it that reminded me of this song from Sweeney Todd. Um, oh, really? Uh, Joanna. It's this, It's more of like a sweet ballad, um, but it, it has kind of like a gruesome context. But there's this melody mm-hmm. in it that goes... That is very similar. Like it's kind of over similar chord progression and has these very basic kind of... Well, rhythms. clearly they were just ripping off Ishikawa here. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this, this is I a great I believe Sweeney track. Todd came first, so. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, no, this is, um, especially coming from Neostar, it's like, ah, okay, we're back in the comforting, familiar world of Kirby that we all know and love. And so yeah. that is something that I really love about yeah, Kirby this 64. this one's really pretty. Is, is it's not like the entire score is that new kind of chaotic progressive style, but it's also not all playing it safe. I think that they took some some pretty big chances. Right. Um, and I think it was very effective. Yeah, I, I love Kirby music. I love just how unapologetic it is. And so many yeah. people probably would consider it saccharine. Um, and I don't know that I could stage an intellectual argument against that. But I guess in general, I've always kind of recoiled a little bit when people want to describe or dismiss music as being corny or cheesy or over the top, because I just don't think it's a very productive argument because they're they're not really things you can quantify. And so much of that has to do with circumstances of um, trends and culture and sound and what changes. What's cheesy at one point might eventually become cool and retro again. And what's really hip at one point might become cheesy and embarrassing. It's funny. You bring up a good point. I think a lot of times when we say a piece of music is cheesy, there's not really anything in the piece that we're talking about. It's other connotations, external connotations. Or yeah, it's sometimes maybe even our own insecurities or like our own unwillingness (laughs) to be vulnerable like a lot of people will just like i've noticed that they just hate musicals or they won't want to listen to any musical we all, theater, i think we all have our like, biases i mean yeah. i'm we're not trying to say we're uh you know innocent of this i mean i am ha- guilty of this all the yeah, time everyone has stuff that they they like but i think there's when it when it comes to a, a broad level of like oh i don't like any music like this or i don't like anything like that sometimes it is just because it makes people feel uncomfortable they don't want to yeah. indulge in a certain kind of emotion or they don't like that they need you know we we all are kind of peculiar that way and one of the things that i love about video game music is in order to embrace it it sort of forces you to accept and celebrate um, the eclecticism, the yeah, zaniness, yeah. the zaniness, and the in-your-face, unabashed, unapologetic style. Well, speaking of all of those great adjectives that Will just said, let's uh, let's play a track that embodies those, all of those. It's very funky and silly, but also really innocent and just pleasing. Let's take a listen to "Above the Clouds."
You guys are listening to Above the Clouds, which is maybe my second favorite track in in 64. It's just so freaking happy. I love yeah. this track it's so much. Just kinda, it's a great... It feels like confidently striding down the street. Nothing's going to yeah. hurt you. It's, it's just swaggering. I, this melody is so happy and innocent and pure, but I love what's happening underneath it. It's a surprisingly funky kind of rhythm section. Right. Um, this nice swing, swing here. It's just the best yeah it's it's perfect nintendo music that's for sure yeah i also like that this um has a little bit more of a longer form well, a lot of this music has one one of the things that they're able to do to to expand it beyond the 16-bit era is even if it's a 45 second loop as far as the music itself they'll almost always then go to a different alternative instrument so it's not really a full loop yeah and that's one way that they're able to um, give this music more mileage is that, and maybe that was a pretty easy thing for them to do on the system is so that, you know, most of the actual code is is able to repeat, but they're just able to switch the instrument, which is, I think, a brilliant way of adding a little bit more mileage. Yeah, that's a really good point. I agree. Yeah, this, this is really fun. Really fun. Let's move on to one of the most beloved and popular tracks in the score. Definitely a, a, a nice piece of music here. This is Factory Inspection. Nice mix of sound effects in music here. This is Factory Inspection. A little bit surprisingly dark and at times tragic for the Kirby series. Um, Not surprised that this is one of the most popular tracks in the score because it's just so different. Not only from the other pieces in this score, but from everything we've heard in the Kirby series. It does not sound like typical Kirby music. Yeah, there'd Uh, be a way of presenting this instrumentally that would make it sound like it's out of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, Yeah, There there was a lot of this that reminded me of Uematsu. The Mm -hmm. chord progression, some of the uh, melodic and rhythmic choices. Some beautiful stuff Um, going on here. Yeah, it's really Um, good. I love this track. It's interesting because it's kind of hidden in a way. Like, you really have to use your imagination to, in some ways, appreciate how beautiful some of those uh, melodic points are because um, they might be played on an orchestra yeah, hit <laughs> also once they have those yeah those orchestra hits happening and just the overall sort of minor vibe of everything it reminded me of something that would be like in a multiplayer stage in golden eye or something yeah 
For sure. And then, or even like at the end, like a Bowser's Castle Mario Kart level or something. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good piece of music. I don't think I ever had the same level of love for it that some other people did because for me, I mean, you just you can't beat stuff like Aqua Star or Above the Clouds. But yeah, it's definitely sure. a good track. This is another piece that I'm pretty sure they um, harken back to in later Kirby games uh, with good reason. That's that's a nice track there. Uh, let's move on to something very delightful and comforting. This is Friends One. <laughs> This is the best. This is Friends 1 from Kirby 64. Will, you were saying something kind of uh, cool about this. What were you saying when we were listening to this track? I totally agreed with you. A couple of things. It sounds like something that our brother Marty would write because it's a really beautiful, yep. well-crafted melody, but it has this sort of innocent sweetness to it, but it also has this kind of groove to it that's kind this of cool like factor to it, which I feel like so much of Marty's music is that way. It's, he, it's the blending of like something cool and something really like earnest and vulnerable that you don't often hear in that kind of music and i think he likes that very interesting duality duality. yeah it's it's so effective in a piece like this too because uh the music is so simple especially if you just take the the melody and the form but uh whether this whether or not this ishikawa or ando whoever wrote this they're able to add just enough surprise and interest to it to make it very engaging yeah because you know if 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 it was just kind of the diatonic chords or just the, some of the things you were expecting. It wouldn't be quite as interesting. Like there was one chord uh, later on in the form yep. um, that was one of my really favorite. appealing. It's the, it's the sound of the, um, I, there's a couple ways of thinking about it, of the minor four over the flat seven, a type of slash chord, or you can think of it as a flat seven chord with a dominant seventh in it. I don't mean to throw around too many numbers, but it's a very specific sound. It's so that effective. I, As, I mean, really especially love. in this track. I, I mean, because because if you blink, it's already over. Like you might miss it. That's how quickly it passes. Right. Well, and it's something um, that it happens actually. Works actually really a well. lot of Japanese video game composers love that chord, um, and plenty of composers have used it. Mahito Yakoda likes that chord. Uh, Koji Kondo actually uses it in Good Egg Galaxy at one point, where there's like mm-hmm. a F minor over B flat kind of a sound. Right. Well, let's move on to another stage theme. This is Ripple Star. And this is another case of some experimentation happening with these composers. Very zany, very different for Kirby music. Um, Another case of when I first heard this, I probably would have told you that I didn't like this track. Um, But now going back to the score and listening to, especially listening to all of this piece of music, I like it. It it, it really gets me. it's very soloistic in high energy. Uh, I think there's a lot of effort that was put into this track, um, but it's, it's a little bit more challenging. I hope you guys enjoy Ripple Star.
wow, this is a cool piece of music. When do you get a drum solo, a glorified General MIDI drum solo? This is an <laughs> absolute delight. I, I mean, love just some track. crazy this is really shredding. Cool. Um, it, Very it, but you know interesting. What I, you know what I mean, and, though, Will? Yeah. Like, can you imagine me listening to this track in like 2012? Um, you know, loving Kirby music and just wanting yeah, you were more just hits. A, you were just a kid back then. <laughs> and then listening to this, it it wasn't what I wanted for the series. But you know, now there's been so much great Kirby music. Like it's, you know, listening to music like this is just a a bonus this is no this is outstanding it's so cool i love how dark the the chords are yet it's all kind of tied together with this sort of fun up tempo you know walking bass i mean speaking of duality in that last track i mean this is the most interesting and striking contrast i think i've ever heard in a piece of bgm yeah this would be great underscore in a like a kids cartoon television show you know or a, a movie or like a, it, it's a really cool sound yeah um, when do you hear this sound because like the tempo and like the walking bass line and how fast and swinging it is um that's something usually it kind of sounds like bebop yeah that's something that usually you'd associate with very happy pleasing positive music but um Harmonically, it's almost like a film noir yeah. kind of a mystery sound or something. Right. God, it's unique. It, yeah, it sounds like progressive jazz from like the 40s and 50s. Will, what's your favorite element about this track? Uh, the bass, the bass and the drums, <laughs> because I, yep. I I like the the chords are really interesting, but it's the um, the attachment to groove and to sort of almost a familiar structure. Uh, yeah. What I love about this track, nothing about it is a cliche, and the the <laughs> no. mix of different elements help to create something more than the sum of its parts. I totally agree. Wow, that is a really unique piece of music. Great job, Ishikawa and Ando. We're getting near the end of the episode. I believe the last area of the game before you fight the final boss, which we'll also hear. This is Dark Star. <laughs> This track is just badass. I love this. This is Dark Star from Kirby 64. There's so much to love about this. Um, just really interesting harmonies and progression. Really funky and active bass and drum writing. Just, yeah. just so, so good. Well, and I love the use of some of the, the the traits of Kirby music, but in a completely different harmonic and musical context. Uh, right? Here, Isn't that cool? It, we have that sort of that cute Kirby harmonized flute sound, but doing this sort of Dorian progression. And then this, this pair in the B section of melody and harmony, but often landing on perfect intervals, like fourths and fifths and parallel, which gives it that kind of rock sound. Um, but there's still the cute plucky innocence of Kirby and the sort of Hockett style. Yeah. You know, you know something I love around and 
You know something I loved in this track? About 18 seconds in, you have that dun 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 dun, dun which is harmonized, and that instrument is literally the same one that's used in Dreamland 3. It's this really silly brass instrument. It's almost this kind of like poopy sounding brass. You know that you instrument? You say you like it. Um, so that one... I really like it a lot. Yeah, I, I remember using that instrument on my Another Day in Dreamland album. It's just very iconic to me. And so hearing it that reminded, come back on Kirby 64 is This kind of reminds me of F-Zero. Um, yeah, it's very rocky and futuristic. In, in terms of like the, the sort of Dorian thing. Good call, Will. Uh, in the A section, but then also almost like that jazzy sequence for the B section and how it keeps like ascending... This would be a killer F-Zero track. Wow, that's a really good observation. Okay, let's move on to the final boss theme. This is Zero Two. You guys are listening to Zero Two, which is the final boss theme from Kirby 64. Very interesting final boss theme. One of the longest pieces of music in the game. Um, and again, a little a little more tragic and dark um, than typically you'd hear in the Kirby series. It makes sense that it's right. for a final boss. Yeah, there is something a little tragic about just traditional alien minor. Um, mm-hmm. There's something just kind of like... Uh, it definitely doesn't sound cliche. Like if it were using kind of the, um, you know, the raised leading tone thing, mm-hmm, um, exactly. the almost classical minor, it, w- it would have like a cliche tragic quality to it. But this just, yeah, it has a little bit of like the sadness and finality to it. And then there's also something about just the sort of six, eight shuffle feeling of it mm-hmm. that um, definitely stands out amongst the other Kirby tracks uh, but I, I definitely it was an think interesting it works choice. for a boss theme. It's it's not as high energy probably as you'd expect exactly. from I Kirby. I was surprised, but by yeah, that. it's much more emotional than I think you'd expect. Also, well, I mean, going from the regular boss theme, um, I was expecting that times like ten, and we definitely don't get any of that. We don't get any fusion qualities here, um, which is yeah, it's, it was an interesting choice. I think it works very well. It's very effective. Again. 
anytime when you're able to subvert your expectations, especially on a final boss, I think that's really effective. All right, guys, let's play um, a little bit of the end staff role theme. There's uh, divided into two parts. This is the end staff part two. Let's take a listen to this from Kirby 64. God, I love Kirby music, and I love these two composers so much. Ishikawa and Ando, wonderful job. This is The End Staff Part 2, which is so fun. And especially coming from that Zero Two theme, um, it's so great to, for the ending theme, the staff theme, to, to go back to this really comforting classic Kirby sound. Um, I, I just love the, the contrast that this score has. Yeah, I agree. This one is so delightful. It's I, I like really that makes it's me kind smile. of... Um, it's not as plucky and optimistic as any of the stage themes, but it definitely feels like kind of a party, which is just what you Absolutely. want for the end credits of Kirby. It has a little bit more... And the groove more... to this is outstanding. Yeah, definitely. But it, Bass writing, drum writing. Like, it's a little bit more modal. Like, it, there's parts that yep. sound like Mixolydian, and it has this sort of sense of wonder and optimism, but also kind of like fun, chilling out, we hear that Mixolydian kind of groovy take on Mixolydian so much in video game music. Yes. And it's so perfect because it's kind of endless and you can do that all day long going back and forth, sometimes between two chords and it never gets old. Um, and it's happy. It's positive. You bring up such a good point. The, one of my favorite things about writing modally is it's very and this is one of the reasons why eventually in the development of classical music composers moved away from using the modes is Mm -hmm. because it it doesn't have such a sense of like tension and resolution it's 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 really comfortable to just go back and forth between two tones like in dorian you can go between the minor tonic chord and the major four chord and Mm -hmm. the major four chord doesn't need to go back to the minor and none of them need to go anywhere and the same with mixolydian (laughs) and that's why there's so much music in games that's kind of like a dance party like it's perfect it can just kind of go on forever or like one of my favorite Well, you you know, one of my favorite uses of this kind of groovy Mixolydian style is in a lot of reggae music, like especially if you think of like Sublime, you know, kind of their classic sound is this Mixolydian going back two major chords, a whole step apart. And they can do that for the entire song. And it's just it has it's a good time. It's a party, you know, for three minutes. Yeah, it's just really, really effective. Guys, this was so much fun to finally focus on Kirby 64. It was long overdue. I think it was a score that when I first explored it a long time ago, I was a little uh, not sure about how I felt about some of the pieces. Um, But now going back to it, I love 
everything about the score. It's really, really fun. We're going to play you guys out with Friends 2, which is another really comforting happy piece of music friends friends 2 the sequel to friends the tv show <laughs> friends 2 now it's personal uh we have jun ishikawa and hirokazu ando this was so fun i that always gotta fun. ask but will did you have a good time today i had a blast i love kirby music i will never say no to doing a kirby spotlight me neither there's nothing quite like kirby music to really get you in a good mood i was already in a pretty good mood this morning but now i just feel like I can do anything. Yeah, Thank ready to so conquer much, the world. This is, if you didn't have your coffee, this is the uh, musical equivalent of a wake-up call. And what a good palate cleanser coming back from our bad music episode, going to music that makes me feel oh so good. This was so much fun. Thanks, guys, for listening. We're going to play you out with friends, too. I think that's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Oh, yeah, one thing I want to mention. Uh, last week... Um, I released sort of the deluxe edition of my album Superstar yes, Squadron um, with Carlos's updated beautiful artwork on the cover and I wrote a new track called Neptune Afternoon it's really uh, cool guys that to check it kind out kind of commemorate it yeah once again I'm Carl Brueggemann and I'm Will Brueggemann have a great week everybody <laughs> peace out peace out